podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to The Paddock in the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. Welcome back to The Paddock in the Pavilion for the final part of The Road to Recovery with young jockey Gavin Ashton. When I last spoke to Gavin at the end of part four, it was mid-June and he was getting ready to move back to Germany. Enjoy the final part of The Road to Recovery. Hello, Gavin. I'm delighted to say you, you were back in the winner's enclosure on Saturday, the 18th of June. Congratulations and welcome back to the paddock and the pavilion. Hello. Yes, thank you very much for having me back. And uh, thank you for having me on. And um, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic to be uh, back. I didn't get him back in the saddle, definitely. Yeah. You did say that you were coming back to ride winners. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, luckily, obviously, I know I know how difficult this sport is to have winners, um, and it's not always a given that you'll pick them up straight away. So I was very, very lucky to get on the horse that I got on uh, on my first day back and on my first ride. Um, I was extremely lucky, actually, to be honest, uh, because the the person that was booked to ride it was uh, jockey uh, Bolzan Musabayev, who got a last-minute call to ride for Peter Shergan at Ascot. So Mickey Cadidou took the ride on the day um, and then he got stuck in a three-hour traffic jam uh, on the A12, uh, which is the, the Autobahn 12 um, over here. And that enabled me to be on hand at the track to pick up a spare ride Um and I was very lucky that it got off to a winner. They told me 15 minutes before the race what, what my riding sort of thing. And they said, oh, oh you're in, on the favourite in the next. And I was like, I, I definitely weren't going to turn it down. And the day started off bad, really, because I I had five rides on the day. Um, and on my way to the track, four of them got declared as non-runners. So I was absolutely delighted to pick that up. Um, and it was a bit of good fortune. And yeah, everything went absolutely perfectly in the race. I made them running and she was by far the best horse in the race. I mean, you, you would have won on it yourself. Um, it was definitely not down to me. Uh, the filly was very smart and um, and and... A lot better than the rest of them. I was delighted to get back off to win and start delighted. This was uh, the Philly Mystic memory, and I really don't think if um, I'd have been on the, on the Philly that I'd have won the race, Gavin. I can assure you. I, I don't know. I think I think you could. Uh, she honestly, she was uh, she, heels ride and going away. So uh, <laughs> yeah, she 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 was uh, she was very smart, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it was great to get off the mark with that winner. And this was at Dresden, wasn't it? Correct. Yeah, that that was Dresden said, and um, four non-runners picked up a favourite, the favourite fifteen minutes before the off, and um, and then the second horse was in a fifty-two thousand uh, euro BBAG auction race. Um, sadly, that was no good. It wasn't up to that level. Uh, but uh, it was great to get a ride in that race, uh, coming straight back. Yeah, so three months, or less than three months after 
a compound fracture of your left leg. You were riding a winner. And earlier in the week, I spoke Mm. to two gentlemen you know very well, Ross Hollingworth, the lead physiotherapist, and Glenn Reed, the rehabilitation therapist at the Peter Rose Sullivan House. And this is what they had to say about your recovery and news on your win at Dresden. What was the extent of Gavin's injuries? Well, he suffered this uh, fracture to his tib and fib when he was out in Germany uh, and obviously was managed initially out in Germany at the, uh, the hospital in Berlin where they, they put the metalwork in. But uh, yeah, so he had quite extensive injuries to his um, tibia and fibula with some nasty fractures. So they obviously decided that the, the most appropriate course of action was to, to put this metal rod through down into his into his tibia um, and then with some screws at the top and the bottom to hold it into place. That in itself provided the, the stability um, for the fracture sites, which meant he was then able to start mobilising and exercising on it pretty promptly. And on that point, what were the initial challenges you faced with his rehab? Well, as was always these cases, the initial challenges is, is trying to get his pain under control get the swelling down, getting him so that he can walk well on it. Um, and as we spoke about earlier, is, is trying to get the muscles start to, to engage and start to get the, the, the quadriceps and the calf muscle firing up so that he can start that, that journey back to his sport. And I guess also one of the other challenges with Gavin, which is often the case with jockeys, is managing expectations. Um, you know, and it's, it's about sometimes trying to, get them to understand that it's possibly going to take them a little bit longer than they hope um, for them to make this this full recovery um, because we do want them to go back and go back fit and strong rather than just patched up and hobbling around. Expectations is always the, 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 the biggest one initially. You thought he'd be back within four weeks. Yeah. Initially he was first through the door. Uh, yeah, always the hardest part. And, and even when you sort of say, well, we've, you know, we've had these before and, you know, I, I even walked him through the timeline of a previous jockey that we had for and said, look, it was three months when he got back. And even then he had, you know, some strength deficits and things like that. So, oh, well, OK, well, may, maybe it might be eight weeks then. Um, and, and so, yeah, trying to manage expectations is, is certainly a challenge with some of these some of these guys. Well, that, that came through in the podcast. I think jockeys just want to get back in the saddle, don't they? Um, Glenn, how did he respond, though, when there were sort of time delays and, uh, to his recovery? So he got in the gym, was pretty consistent all the way through, like got his head down, did what we asked him to do and worked. The only time really that we had a little wobble was just almost when that quad wasn't activating and firing up and he, sort of, hey, he had one day where so we come into the gym didn't necessarily want to be in there didn't really see the bigger picture and else that he had done before that um and he sort of you know you manage him and let him sort of get that out of his out of his system and you know you adapt a session to make sure that sort of just his headspace still stays okay and then i think the next, even after the day after that he sort of got it out of his our system come back, comes back in and, and works again. So you know, with Gav, it was just realising everything else that he can do around it to keep himself fit and active. You know, we could do seated cardio on the ski erg and the hand cycle and the battle ropes and we could then 
improve his strength, obviously, in the good leg and his upper body and his core. So sometimes with those guys, it's making sure that they can do loads of other stuff still around it so they stay, keep themselves active. Um, but otherwise, his, his attitude was, was, was first class in the gym. It was always nice to have him smile, chatty, positive. He'd ask questions sort of on the exercise that they were doing also as well. So it makes the buying easier that way around. How impressed were the two of you in the way, because you must deal with other other jockeys who've had similar injuries, how impressed were you, were you with the way he dealt with, with his injury? Yeah, no, he, he was. And as Glenn said, he was absolutely a pleasure to work with. Um, I think he, he listened to us. Um, he trusted us, which is, um, which is was really key that you know that he was able to follow our instructions. Um, but but one but one rogue five minutes on the exercise when he was all in a team meeting. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was so so keen to get on the exercise and, and get started, but it was he was in theory weeks away from doing that. But um, yeah, I mean he he was he was excellent really, and and uh, just applied himself fully to pretty much every session. As I say, they tend to be a very committed and um, driven bunch of athletes anyway because they're so desperate to get back onto these rides and, and they're seeing other people getting on the, the horses that they they would have loved to have been on um, and missing out on, on wins and things like that. So they're highly motivated to get back. Um, and, and so usually um, they're very well engaged with the rehabilitation process. So then obviously start to get closer to... The return, like doing all the stuff in the gym and the rehab is great. Obviously, like jockeys, they've got to make weight for the sport and sometimes they can do all the work in the gym and still be a few pounds heavy before sort of being cleared to, or like being prepared to race. I Gav weight once it clicked, the quad started firing and he could see the progression that he was making with his rehab then. Like his whole lifestyle, like the diet improved, mm. nutrition improved and sort of then his body fat came down so that when he Knew that when he was going out back to Germany, he knew he was going to be able to race ride from the get-go pretty much rather than get over there, ride out, control his weight for a couple of weeks and then race ride. But he'd already done all those things in the gym with his nutrition that once he was out in Germany, he was ready to go pretty much, which mm. is class also. Yeah, some, some, sometimes they struggle with that um, consistency of the professionalism when they do have an injury because they're so challenged with their weight and, and their diet when they are riding that when they get an injury sometimes they, they just want it as a bit of a bit of a breather right, yeah. a bit of a break and just go look I'm just going to let myself go for a few weeks and I'll pick it up later near the time when when it's getting yeah. um, to crunch time whereas I think Gavin was was very professional through it all maybe had a maybe had a you know a, a couple of Meet meals out and things like that that he might not ordinarily have done but other than that he was very much on point with with making sure he was looking after his body and, and all aspects of his recovery in fact what what you just said there so many of them things came came out in the podcast um about his weight and also that the the one that made me laugh when you were talking there was the i asked him had he been back on the simulator and he said yes and i was quite oh that's that's that sounds good and then he said, well, I won't be on there again. And, and he explained that he shouldn't have been on there when he was on there. So I heard all that. Yeah, he went rogue for five minutes, didn't he? <laughs> Sometimes that has to happen, you know, for them to realise how far away they are. And, um, yeah, I, th- I think it brought home a little bit more reality for him that, you know, maybe they are right. Maybe I've, I've got quite a bit more work to do than I think. 
and so, yeah, it was a bit of a lesson learned, but there was no harm done. And I think actually it, um, it probably helped in the long run. Yeah, definitely. And Ross and Glenn, finally, is there anything you'd like to say to Gavin about, you know, going out to Germany and, and, and winning on his very first race back? Uh, well, it's, it's great to see, isn't it? You know, it's always nice when we have these long sort of rehabs and they can get that first winner under the belt very quickly. So it's great to see then the whole team's hard work and Gav's hard work then come to fruition um, and get a winner like that because I guess in a sport like course racing, you can be forgotten about very quickly. So I think the quicker they can get a winner once they're back, the sooner they can sort of tell everybody they're back. It's just, it's just, it's, it's nice. I mean, as a, a team, a lot of us have worked in field-based sports and it's the same as seeing a, an athlete return to the pitch for the first time or score a goal or yeah. at 100, whatever else, seeing the jockey then get back on the horse and ride that first window is that same sort of level of satisfaction then it's, it's, it's awesome to see. Yeah, and it's very much a reward for Gavin for the hard work that he puts in because as, as I said before, it shows that not only did he get back onto a horse, but he, he got back strong, fit uh, and, and, and healthy uh, and able to, to deliver the, the performance uh, on the horse that day. So um, I think that's testament to the amount of work that uh, he and the, the team put in over the, the weeks after his injury. Incredibly grateful for all the hard work that they put in with me. And again, I can't reiterate enough what an incredible uh, it is that we've got available. Uh, everybody in Germany is absolutely stunned at how quickly I've come back. And I said it is all down to the incredible help of the injured jockey fund. Um, there was th- th- there was a jockey that questioned me straight away in the weighing room and said, Gavin, how on earth are you back? He said, I I did a similar fracture with my leg and I was out for a year. He said, How how have you done it? And and um it's like I say, it is all down to the the, the guys there at Peter O'Sullivan House. Um and I am incredibly grateful. Incredibly grateful for all that hard work and I'm very grateful for my mum as well putting together a coffee tea and coffee morning um and cake sale for them where they raised over uh, £700 um, for the charity. So I'm very grateful for them putting that work in and um, supporting such a good charity. So, yeah, yeah, I can't stress that enough. You should you should read my script here. One of my uh, little cards that was coming up, I was going to talk to you about your mum, who I've been in contact with, <laughs> and, I, and I retweeted the uh, uh, cake uh, fundraising event when she raised £700, as you said, for uh, the Injured Jockeys Fund. Yeah, that's right. She, um, it was incredible. She's, she's so generous in always doing things and she absolutely loves her baking. She's always baking cakes and everything. And she sent them cards down to the Peter O'Sullivan house and everything. And she's always done, um, she's always supported careers in racing and going out to different stalls to try and promote racing. And, She's she's so giving, my mum. She she wants to do anything just to give back to things, and obviously, she was overwhelmed with the support and um, uh, encouragement that I'd received, the help that I'd received. Uh, so she just wanted to do anything to to sort of help and support, and 
and, and that was an incredible way to yeah big a big well done to her and my dad um and I, I, I get a massive thank you from me to the charity for, for, for the, all the support and help and when i spoke to ross and glenn i mentioned to them about what it must have been like if uh, a jockey had suffered the injury that you had in 2022 uh, 40 or 50 years ago and and then they mentioned that you'd been in contact with John Lowe who still rides out I think at the age of 70 who had had a similar break many years ago and he was off for a very long time yeah that's right um John Lowe's absolutely incredible <laughs> the age the age that he is and the and, and still going uh 70 70 years old I think he might be 71 now um he said that he's fractured his left leg three times. Uh, one of them, he was out for a year. The other one was a eight months, a lengthy period of time. And each time it was very lengthy. Um, and he he was absolutely in awe of, of the help that I was receiving. He says it's incredible. Um, he says because he knows how frustrating an injury like that can be. And um, he... We, I actually ended up seeing him in the IGF um, a couple of times. He's obviously that's what the, the charity do. They support jockeys during and after the riding career. So they're still supporting him now and giving him help, um, which is which is incredible. You know, he he deserves just as much help as anyone, um, including us riding today. So it, it, it's incredible. They're able to do now, recovery-wise. It's amazing. And where is where's John Lowe riding out now? Uh, John Lowe's still at Roger Varian's. Uh, so obviously, I knew him uh, from my time there last year. If this is your first listen to the Road to Recovery with Gavin Ashton, why not go back to episodes one hundred and twenty-three, one hundred and twenty-four, one hundred and thirty-one and 133, to hear the full story. You went back to Germany. I think you arrived on the 14th of June. It must have been a bit of a whirlwind, what with your your win on the 18th of June. How's life going in Germany with regard to accommodation and, and getting used to, to life in a foreign country? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it certainly was a whirlwind coming back. Um, and I'd say I'm still in that whirlwind, to be honest. I'm still stop relentless. Um, sadly, not been able to get settled yet in accommodation. Um, we're currently in fifth or sixth accommodation over here. It's obviously, I'm based in Berlin, where it's quite expensive. Um extremely expensive if i <laughs> in my opinion um so trying to find the right place close to the yard also at the right price that's also nice i don't want you know i'm from a country like you say spent three months in america living in a, a a caravan with no ac so i'm not i'm definitely not picky about where i live uh but obviously when you want to settle in somewhere you want to be quite nice and somewhere that you're able to call home uh home away from home um and obviously just just 
going to different race meetings all over the country. I mean, I've just spent three or four nights up in Hamburg for the Derby meeting. Um, we've been making trips to Cologne uh, to get my license sorted. Um, all these different things, as well as moving in between hotels, has been quite frustrating. Um, but nonetheless, I am I am enjoying it. There's been a massive help of support um, and also just a bit of stability and just being able to come home to someone um, like her is just uh, a big support, a big help, a huge help. Um, so I'm very grateful uh, for being, for her to be in here. Um, but yeah, settling in Germany itself is, is, is going well. I'm certainly getting there. And I'm just glad that the rides are coming and the winners are coming. Um, that's essentially what I've moved here for. This is your partner, Bella. She's going to be there for a little while, isn't she? That's right. Yeah, she's here for two months until uh, until she goes back to America. Um, and she, yeah, I think she's got a, roughly about a, a, a month left with me, so a bit more by then. Um, Although I might find it quite difficult, but um, no, it's, it's, it's great having her here, it is. And like I say, ultimately, the rides are slowly coming, uh, but luckily enough, I'm taking the winners over, which is the most important thing, and that's that's what I came for, and that's that's the goal, that's what I want to do. Yeah, because you've, you've had another winner, you had a, is it Magic Carousel? Yes, that's right, Magic Carousel won for me on my first... Uh, first day uh, at Hamburg um, the only holder meeting there once a year for the derby so it's run over the Sunday Wednesday Friday Saturday Sunday um, and luckily I picked up three rides there on the Wednesday um, three favourites all well fancied and the first two oh, they just didn't work out at all just things went wrong Um one was slow away and was carrying top weight. Uh, the next, I made the running on and I got pressured for the lead. Um, and then finally, and things were just going so wrong and they were all for the same trainer. So coming into the parade ring on the um, on the third ride, I said, I promise I'm saving the best till last. I know this one's going to win. Um, <laughs> luckily, I worked and galloped the horse uh, the previous week when I went into Hanover where he's based, uh, I galloped the horse and I knew it. She has a bit of a problem where she tends to hang, which has cost her her last two races, but we tried the blinkers on her um, and at home she stayed straight as a die and she worked like a a little machine. So um, I knew that was my best chance of the day going into it. And luckily, I again, I just had to steer her around and she stayed straight for me and uh, again was a nice... Uh, easy winner, which is uh, what we like, which was a big relief. <laughs> so you didn't make the German derby, but uh, hopefully another year. Yeah, that's right. Sadly, um, the, the horses that were entered in the German derby, one of them wasn't good enough to make it in. Uh, and then the one that won it's made in quite nicely, then went for a uh, one of the derby trials and Sadly, I didn't feel it handled the track very well on the day. And that was too 
to the derby and they ended up just for a different race for it. Um, they had bigger plans for it in the future, so didn't quite make the cut on the day. Um, so that's just one of them things. It was always going to be very, very hard to get in the derby and and, um, and come back like that. Um, so I'm, I'm not too... I knew how difficult it was going to be. Um, you never know what will happen. You never know. There were certainly plenty of British jockeys uh, riding in the German derby, though. What with Holly Doyle, Frankie Dettori, was it Richard Kingscote, Kieran Fallon, Jack Mitchell? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you've named them all there. Um, it was fantastic. And I was able to have a good chat with him on the day. Um, it was brilliant to see them all again. Um, Half of me was kind of hoping that the flight would get cancelled and uh, I'd be able to pick up a spare. But um, nah, luckily they did the smart thing. They they, they flew over privately, uh, so there was never a danger of that. Um, but like I say, it was fantastic to see them. Um, see them all. I had a good chat with Holly about how things are going, and um, she's always been very kind to me. Always offered advice and everything. So. Uh, it, it was great to catch up with her, and then and then yeah, to to speak to Kieran and and have a good laugh with him on the day was uh, was fantastic. And obviously Jack and um, Richard, uh, I know Jack very well from my time at Rogers, so it was great to have a chat with him. And obviously he knows Germany very well. He he he's given me plenty of advice for over here. He's he, he came out to Germany a lot um, in the past and. I'll definitely see him out here a lot more this weekend. So no, it was it was great to have the English lads over here, and um, yeah, it was kind of back to reality the next race day when uh, when they all left. Because <laughs> Frank Frankie was third in the German Derby, and uh, Holly Doyle won a big won a big race that day, didn't she? That's right. Yeah, she won. Um, she won a Group Three over here for Marcus Klug. And uh, a very respectable third, the horse that won the derby, uh, Samarco, um, actually beat Frankie's horse um, in a previous race by a short head. Um, it was able to put a length between it this time, uh, but I feel as though it was a very, it, it was a very good derby. Eventually, when it got going uh, after the chaos at the stalls, um, but you, you had the two best horses in the race took up box seat and. Uh, to fight it out in the finish um, and yeah it was great to see um, and fair play to Bolz Muzabayev uh, who's three times champion apprentice, uh, champion jockey over here who won the derby and yeah he fully deserves it because he's a he's a quality rider and um, yeah it was it was great to see and how's your stable running the, the horses at the stable or the two stables you run for Going well, uh, Blue Iron Medarotte. He, um, he his horses are going very well. Uh, he he had I think three winners over the Hamburg meeting. Uh, his horses are in good form, uh, running them regularly. I think even Fabinova, uh, we're hoping to have plenty of runners after Hamburg. Things are going very well there, and uh, everything's everything's great and. Looking forward to a long season ahead with them. Um, I think they're, they're a bit sort of... It, it reminded me a bit of Samart. Samart Prescott had always been keen to let the other trainers show their hands 
uh, first in races previous uh, before Royal Ascot. Um, and then Samar could tend to start his season a bit later when he knows what he's up against and he knows what he's facing. I'm not saying at all there could be any um, anything relatable to between the two trainers. I'm just saying that they they tend to wait like he does. Um, no, I could never can put them on a level like that, but um, he, he just just in the sense that. They wait until after the big Hamburg meeting to to sort of get going. And how's your fitness? Are you not missing those uh, punishing days at the Peter O'Sullivan House? Uh, no, fitness is um, here, so that was straight on the agenda. I don't have Glenn punishing me, um, but to be fair, they they were um, Peter O'Sullivan House were absolutely delighted. The physios were delighted there with what level my fitness was at. And like I say, I picked up three rides uh, straight away in Germany. I knew my, my fitness was at the level it needed to be at, and it's just improved while I've been over here, uh, riding more, and also keeping up exactly the same work in the gym that I've been doing. So, yeah, it's a... It's, uh, it's at an incredible level, I'd say, at the moment, which I'm happy with. Well, that, that's fantastic to hear. It's been a pleasure to uh, speak to you over these four, five podcasts now. It seems a long while ago since early April, or middle April, I think, when we first spoke, uh, and you got this compound fracture of the leg, left leg on the 22nd of March, and then to hear your ups and downs of a jockey. I was a bit worried about you in episode two when you had your quad problems. Um, but thank you very much for uh, telling your story on the paddock and the pavilion, Gavin. No problem. And uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure, all five episodes. And um, I'm very grateful for giving me the time and um, and supporting me through this, uh, through the injury. And um, yeah, I'm very grateful. So thank you. Thank you very much. Best of luck for the, for the rest of the season. Thank you very much. Thank you. I hope you have all enjoyed Gavin's road back to fitness. From a compound fracture of the left leg on the 22nd of March to riding a winner on his first ride back on the 18th of June. I would like to thank Gavin for all his help, time and frankness as he tackled the ups and downs on his way back to the winner's enclosure. I am also grateful to his mum, Gail, the Injured Jockeys Fund, Ross Hollingworth and Glenn Reid for their support. At the time of recording this, I'm delighted to say that Gavin rode winners in Germany on Saturday the 16th and Sunday the 17th of July. Thank you for listening to The Paddock and the Pavilion. You can download the show on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at The Pad and Pav. Don't forget, if you like the show, please do leave us a rating and review. Podcast Network.